Welcome, folks, to this, the inaugural episode of the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe podcast show for ears and sometimes eyes if you watch on Twitch live every other Saturday, the Omnicast. I'm Gav. This is Kevin. Hello. And this is Chris. Hi. Uh, we're calling this the inaugural episode, but we're actually keeping the episode numbering from Azeroth Coast to Coast, so that actually makes this one episode 151. Hi. gentlemen how are y'all doing this week hey doing good hi so good it is fantastic yeah 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 we're, we're all alive kevin had a late night so uh it's uh he's he's gonna be even more entertaining than normal today <laughs> very entertaining so entertaining. Yeah. And the most um, monotone voice ever i love still it still a robot <laughs> confirm um welcome to episode 151 we're going to focus on that one for right now of what is now the coast to coast expanded universe. I almost said podcast show because of my intro, but, um, podcast it is, show. <laughs> it is the coast to coast expanded it's a podcast. Universe. It's also a show. It's a yeah, podcast it's, show. It's for your ears and sometimes your eyes. If you watch on Twitch live every other Saturday, um, this is our very first episode with the new branding i guess so it's really same shit different day different name i guess sure yeah, let's go with yeah. that yeah let's go with that um so welcome aboard everybody to what is officially episode 151 but is also episode one at the same time but we're going to call it episode 151 for the sake of our sanity and for making going through the website easier Yes. And listening to our SoundCloud easier. And not confusing people on the podcast feed. Yep. Why the fuck is episode one back? That was such shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, Kevin, what you been up to the last couple of weeks, my dude? Man, there is, uh, there was, a, there was not much going on while I was in Oregon. I'll tell you that much. Um, except playing Pokemon Go. But... Um, yeah, I was away over the holiday weekend in Oregon for a wedding, which was fine. Um, let's go with that. And <laughs> it was just fine. I mean, other than the fact that Southern Oregon is just, there's just a giant smoke cloud over the entire like region because of the fires in wedding. Northern yeah. California. Um, you literally like couldn't go outside without it smelling like a campfire. And there was like warnings that you shouldn't exercise outside because of the smoke. It was really bad. Delightful. Yeah. Other than that, um, the new Plague Star event came out in more frame and I Flame. grinded that for as okay. much as I could. Um, yeah. It hasn't been out since two years ago and you can yeah, just get been. fully built Forma like every yep. 15 minutes, basically. Yep. Full built forma, um, infested Zaw parts. I mean, the Zaws were fucking like 
the invest in Zal parts were fucking the most meta shit for a while there. Yeah. So and there's a new weapon that people are already shitting on, as yeah, probably. you would expect. Um, probably. anywho, that that is I'm liking Warframe. I like that everyone is kind of rallied around doing the same event, and there's people doing it so that you can get in full groups easily, and it's mm. pretty fun. Uh, other than that, LB got me into a game called Scrap Mechanic, which is basically our like new survival game that we're playing. And Gav joined last night too. Pastel-colored, fucking dwarf-filled post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Minecraft, but they have a system in it where you can like build vehicles, and you have to like connect bearings to wheels, and like actually make it somewhat mechanically sound i made so, a motorcycle and it kept flipping over <laughs> but at least you tried i tried so, so yeah we're we are kind of stuck because we can't find cotton in the game so we're like looking for cotton right now that's why my corpse is like five miles away yep. with my car and then you have like a 15 minute timer where you have to like make sure you get back to defend your That's food source. Farming, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's pretty hardcore in that respect that you have to like really stay on the farming if you want to make food to stay alive because it's uh, very easy to die and run out of food quickly. Yep. Um, overall, I'm enjoying it. I think it's a pretty fun game. Um, Good. I'll talk about another sur- survival game later that I'm interested in, but. This is I, I like the building aspects of it. I like the exploration aspects of it. And uh, yeah, the fighting is just OK. But uh, yeah, it's fun. But that's what I'm a bit up to. Uh, Christopher. Stolfer. Um, I have been playing pretty much just Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, you um, have. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Uh, I'm part of a Blue Mage static to try and get the Blue Mage mount for doing the final bosses in each raid tier. Um, okay. So that's so, 2 of 9, not February 9th. Yeah, that's 2 of 9. So we've done or 2 September out of the 9 second. bosses. Um, we've done 2 of the coil bosses. We're now going to, once we get the last one done there, we'll be moving on to Alexander and then we'll be moving on to Del Escape. Um, red, blue Mages are fun. You have to do that shit with a uh, party of eight Blue Mages. Uh, bear in mind, oh. Blue Mages are DPS. Um, and you have to do it synced and you have to do it without echo. Um, so it's 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 a lot of work to kind of make sure everyone's got the right spells, everyone's got the right role sets, because you because there's literally a spell where if you cast it on someone who is a tank, you get tankier, and if you cast it on someone who's a healer, your heals are stronger. Cast on DPS, you hit harder. Um, but you're not like an actual fucking tank. You're still paper. And. Yeah, it's it's really fun. It's really complicated. We've done we've done two of the nine. Um, so we're working on that a little more. I still have to unlock some other bits and bobs. I still need more spells, but working on it. Um, I also got my paladin to seven A and my white mage to seven A. I'm now going to be working on my bard to get that to seven A, uh, and then I will level 
them to 80 through Zadnor or um, Origin Southern Front because that is a really good way to level from 70 to 80. What did you think of White Mage? Oh, I love I, 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 White Mage was... Well, once you the, found out lilies were a thing. So the last time I played White Mage was <laughs> Realm Reborn. So the last time I actually played White Mage and had anything really to do with it was before lilies were a thing. Wow. <laughs> um, so this is my first time trying White Mage with lilies, and it was it's fun, it's interesting, it's kind of ridiculous. I still think I prefer Astrologian, just because of the amount of utility the Astro can bring, but I understand why White Mage is as good as they are. I still yeah, prefer Astro. you're a god healing. I mean, she... I actually disagree that you're a god healer, because most, of, most White Mages are brought because of their damage. Mm, interesting. Their AOE clear and uh, and the single target's pretty good too, yeah, especially the once you get is ridiculous. once you get the uh, once you get the blood lily up. The single target is ridiculous, from what I understand. Yeah, at the moment, the only reason Astrologian is considered the S tier healer compared to the other two is because Astrologian has way more utility and still can put out crap tons of damage. Mm. Astrologian brings the, the damage boost to the entire raid, so you always want to have at least one Astro. Nice. And they can swap between shields and heals. They can do whatever needs to be done. Cool. Um, I have finished up the primary campaign for uh, Heavensward in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, about halfway through the post-launch content, moving into Stormblood? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, Stormblood, eventually. Um... I think I'll be able to get through the entire through Stormblood and Shadowbringers by the time Endwalker comes out. As long as people quit having me play other games. I ain't asking you to play other games. I know. Um, no, I mean, I'm getting like a chapter or two. I'm getting like four or five chapters done in an hour or, two, or so a night maybe two hours a night. And so, I mean, I'm, I think there's another 120 quests between the two expansions. I think it's like 60, uh, 60 in expansion, roughly. Just don't look up the wikis because you'll get depressed quickly. Nah, that doesn't bother me. Um, I've had to look up the wiki a couple of times to try to figure out where I'm supposed to go because I obviously finished a quest and didn't pick up the next step of it and then fucked off and did something else for a while. Do you, do you know that like, unlike in Warcraft, you can just click on the text of the quest on your screen and it will just show you where to go next. Oh, uh, where it's like you click on it and click map. It opens the map automatically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Warcraft sends you where you need to go. It fucking gives you nowadays. It gives you a giant fuck off dot telling you what direction to go, even if you're like four zones away. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I played Scrap Mechanic with you and LB. Uh, Pulsar with the Familia, uh, with, with the group of us. Um, and I played some Destiny 2 with our, our friend Vil and some of his folks. So. Are you guys raiding? No, not yet. We're trying to get a group together, but... Uh, Timing is being difficult for like this is just like when we played D two originally like no one was ever around 
it, it's hard time. to get everybody. Yeah, it's hard to get everybody around at the same time. So nice. So uh, we're trying to figure that one out. Um, but yeah, cool. I think it's about it for me. Um, yeah, uh, feedback. Oh, I gotta do countries. Nothing on Google and nothing on Twitter. Uh, we did have some wonderful feedback from our dear friends uh, over on the Discord um, about the rebranding and the logo. Yay! How'd that go? Uh, everybody so far that has mentioned it has been nothing if not uh, absolutely behind it and very pleased with the way the logo came out, so... Um, if you're watching us on Twitch right now, you can see the logo in the middle of the screen, kind of covering up the old one because we forgot to update the overlay for Twitch with I'm the new logo. What? Uh, it happened. I'm working, I'm working on it. Uh, but yeah, um, everybody's been really supportive of it, and we do appreciate it. It it means a lot. Um, this is this is this is us trying to like branch into some new stuff and do some other stuff. And the fact that everybody's been supportive about it has really been really meant a lot and really been helpful for us. So, um, Kevin, your countries. I'm doing it live. We've got the U.S., Belgium, Ireland, Spain, and Canada. Okay, Spain. We haven't seen recently. So, welcome back mm -hmm. to the top five. Spain, España. And we had hey, uh, just a ton of listenership over the past month. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, well, uh, I mean, we've actually been on our schedule again, so... <laughs> yeah, we've been on our schedule. Yeah, we've been on our schedule again. Um, and it might go... The, the schedule is going to be a little bit more different going forward because, you know, we're, we're experimenting with some other show uh, formats and some other stuff, so we'll see how it goes. Um, so I didn't have a whole lot I wanted to talk about this week. Um, I know the Sony conference happened and they revealed some interesting stuff. But at the same time, I, there wasn't anything I really wanted to talk about. I, I like this last week, especially I've just been very focused on work and um, my mother's birthday and a couple other things. So I've, I've not been like really paying attention. Okay. So, uh, but I know that both of you had some stuff that, like seemed interesting and that I could definitely talk a little bit about. I know, especially on Chris's stuff, there's some stuff in there that I want to talk about, but yeah. Um, yeah uh, Kevin, I know you've got a shitload of stuff you wanted to talk about. So yeah, if you wanted to go ahead and start this off today. Sure. Um, what I oh, teased um, in the, what? Um, we do have one little thing that we wanted to talk about. Uh, we know that the last two shows we've said that we're not going to really talk very heavily about Activision Blizzard stuff, but they did actually begin the process of, they did actually continue on with the process of renaming Macri and some of the other stuff uh, that was named after some of the devs that have uh, either been terminated from or have left Blizzard uh, of their own accord since all this stuff started coming out. Um, we officially have our new name for Macri, uh, which was a zone in, uh, in Taurus. Uh, Argus. Argus, sorry, it was a zone in Argus and also was first first mentioned by an NPC in Burning Crusade. Mm -hmm. uh, Gisera of Macri. Hmm. 
Was it Burning Crusade? No, he was. No, he was a mammoth. No, he was on the mammoth. So he was Wrath. He's on the Traveler's Tundra mammoth. I'm assuming that there was also like a bunch of voice acting that was done saying that. Well, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, because they've changed the name of the entire zone, which is now uh, Eridath. That's it, Eridath. Um, they're gonna have to redo some of those cutscenes, and some of those cutscenes were voiced. So they either have to take the voice away from the cutscenes or redo the voice lines. Just do it like super basic, cut the line, like mute the line during it, and then just put the uh, Microsoft text to speech Eridath. Eridath. <laughs> right in there. Um, just that's the way to do it. So you have Villain talking about uh, Argus, once my home. I remember the purple hills of Aradath <laughs> very well. Uh, but yes, they've done that. They've also purged everything off for Siabi, for Siabi, um, McCree, um, mm-hmm. uh, LaCraft, and I forget what the other guy's name was, but they've they've purged all of their NPCs that we are aware of currently or any references to them at this point. So they've also um, changed some of the uh, Christmas achievements. Yes, they did change the name of two Christmas achievements. Uh, well, one Christmas achievement wow. and a BC era achievement. Um, Bros before ho ho ho's is which was yeah, which was a uh, one of the winter winter veil achievements, and the other one was they renamed the uh, achievement for buying Paris Hilton's gigantique sack, which yep. was a twenty two slot bag, twenty slot yes. bag, something like and that. This, the achievement was my sack is gigantic, gigantic, which is uh, my. No it is now my storage is gigantic. Yes. Still kind of sounds bad, but you know what? It's a lot less bad than my sack is gigantic. Way less bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's our update on Actabliz bullshit at the point at this point. Um, yeah, those I, were kind of important, so we kind of wanted to make sure we mentioned them. But yeah, because yeah, we did mention it. them previously that you know they were going to be renaming some of the stuff. So, uh, but Kevin, yeah, you were sorry I interrupted you on that, my dude. Um, I was going to ask if McCree got renamed yet. No, that is that is a whole is other ball of wax because that is there is a lot more voicing and a lot and the name is kind of integral to the character. So and they want the way they said that the way they want to do it is that they want to integrate it and integrate the name change into the story and he's going to play heavily into the next story arc that they're doing. So they're going to be mm-hmm. waiting until then, which I think they said they pushed it back so it'll be start of next year before that happens. But it is yeah. happening. And we've also we've also heard from Matt Mercer himself, who is the voice actor behind McCree. So we're hoping that he's being involved in this. He's going to have to be, especially he's probably already recorded lines. Like, let's be honest, the voiceover work has probably already been recorded for Overwatch 2 at this point. Probably. They're probably going to have to redo a lot of that. They're probably going to have to do a health check of it. So that, that could also be kind of behind some of the delay stuff that we've been hearing coming out of Overwatch 2. So interesting to see what happens oh yeah uh, kevin go ahead sorry my dude oh um no problem so uh one of the things that i teased at the top of the show was 
a new survival game that's coming out. It's actually having a free weekend right now as we speak. Uh, it is called Icarus. Um, I had spoken about this on the podcast before, but um, it is a new survival game that's coming out that was supposed to release but got pushed back. They are doing their second free weekend called Storms right now. Um, and what they are, what, what this game is, is basically you get dropped in on a planet and you have a certain amount of time to survive until your oxygen runs out and you have to jump back onto your ship and leave. Um, um and while you're there, you kind of do stuff. Um, the game this was the Astroneers guys, right? I don't know if this is the Ash Rocket Works. I do not know much about Rocket Works. They That's are. Funny. I was just curious off the top of my head. They've done Stationeers. They've also done The Art of the Rail. Stationeers, that was it. Death Drive and Out of Ammo. I have not heard of any of those games. Um, but the game looks very pretty. It does have high graphics requirements as a result of that. Um, Tactical Potato was actually playing this. I watch him because he's a Warframe streamer. And, Originally um, a Warframe streamer. He's branched off. Yeah, and he provided some thoughts on stream when I asked him, so that was cool, and he was just like, yeah, it's fun, but there's not really much you can do other than just the survival, the typical survival stuff, you know, cut things down, build houses, kill animals, you know, eat food. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see if there's some kind of an overarching story. I know that was one of Neth's main complaints about Valheim, was like, after you get done doing that stuff for a little while, there's no real goal of the game. I mean, yeah. Valheim has at least killing the bosses, but after you do that, it's kind of like, well, now what? Next main complaint for Valheim was that there wasn't an NPC telling her what to do. Right. And That'd it doesn't, doesn't look like this game has that either yet, so we'll have to see if that gets added. They're not adding missions until the October 23rd and 24th beta weekend, which is not, you know, for not anytime soon, so... In a month from now, I guess we'll be able to see what kind of actual missions are in the game and how that's going to work. But the game looks freaking gorgeous. Like, um, there was one point where he like was building a house and he walked out and there was just like this giant lens flare as the sun like hit the roof. And it was just like, holy crap, this game is great uh, looking. It does so look this, especially this appealing. LB has brought something up and I that actually reminded me. Yes, this is actually by Dean Hall. Dean Hall Dean is Hall. the guy who Dean, Dean Hall is the guy who originated Daisy. Daisy, okay. Yeah. Um, did you guys play Daisy? Hall, I did not. I was not in the survival genre myself. Briefly. Uh, yeah, but uh, he is the CEO of Rocketworks, so. Cool. Right. Yeah, we'll have to see where this one goes. But yeah, uh, yeah. No. That's, it sounds interesting. Um, it seems like the it seems like it's finally gotten to the point in the cycle where all of the people who, when the survival games were starting to get real big and these builder games were starting to get real big, they exploded. These are all the games that were in development during that time frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're all finally starting to come out. Yeah. So, interesting to see. Um, and yeah, one that uh, doesn't look like a cartoon. The question around that, though, is has the gaming community already moved on from those type of games? Probably. I have not. I'm, I, I like the open aspect of it and building and exploring and it's, feeling I'm, like you get to do something on your own. 
I'm kind of like Neff. I I want a coherent story, but I don't need somebody like pointing me in the direction I need to go. But I need a coherent story. I think LB will building things. I mean, I think LB will agree with me, but you like the story and your goals and objectives kind of you have to create them yourself. Right. So, Kevin, I've talked about this before, and this is what's called emergent gameplay. Yeah. Okay. Emergent gameplay is sort of like where the game gives you the framework of the story, and it's your job to build upon that framework and create your own story. Mm-hmm. So that's like um, Valheim. Or uh, most D&D campaigns. Um... Yeah, so kind of like that. Um, I, I was a big proponent of, in Valheim, I was just the explorer guy. I made boats, and I sailed on boats. And that was my story. I helped a little bit. Yeah, you did, you did. But that was, that was what I wanted to do. That was my gameplay. I was, I was the Leif Erikson of our little group. I loved to just float on the, float on the open ocean and go find where I needed to go. And that yeah. was fun to me. And that was emergent gameplay because I was creating a, I was creating a story for myself. It's like, yep, I'm just going to load up on food and go float on the water and then have to go make another boat when I die to go get my other boat. And Somebody eventually create so the build a boat workshop. <laughs> build a boat workshop. Bring the other boat back. Yeah, it's like it's, it was the build a boat workshop because I kept having to make new boats to go find boats at I, that I uh, died at. Um, but yeah, so I, I love emergent gameplay. That's always nice. But yeah, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that was all I had. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Because I don't have anything to really talk about this week. Just go across. Let's talk about, let's talk about Spider-Man. I want to talk about Spider-Man. All right. Sure. <laughs> I didn't even play the original, so. Ah, oh, dude, you messed up. Um, uh, at uh, the Sony Expo, they talked about the new Spider-Man game that's coming out, Marvel Spider-Man 2. Uh, we got a full trailer for it. It shows some really, really cool stuff. Obviously, it's just it's a, it's a continuation from where the Miles Morales story left off. Um, and yeah, uh, anyone who ha- anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled and just wants to play the game, stop listening for two minutes because gave them enough time. Venom's there. We heard, um, we heard Craven. There's a lot of interesting things that's gonna happen in this game. I'm quite excited. 2023, though. Come on. I know. I just have. I have to survive till 2023, and then it doesn't matter what happens after that. So long. <laughs> I mean, all the game devs have to survive as well. Okay, Let's not the get game devs and myself have to survive until 2023, and then it, then it's fine. I mean, the people who are also maintaining the server architecture. I will Sony. cut you if you add to this list. <laughs> <laughs> I will cut you if you keep adding to this damn list. I oh, can't. Infinitely. I yeah, also still. There's still a bit of game. I also still need to get a PS a PS5. I'm, I'm working on it. So, Chris, if they just give you more content in the same type of world that the first game was, would that be enough, or did you not enjoy like all the? like cinematics that were kind of like shoehorned into the gameplay. I played through Spider-Man, the original Marvel Spider-Man five times. 
Wow. Are you looking for more of the same, or do you want them to change things? Ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm happy with more of the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no genuinely. I was. It was one of because because I played practically every Spider-Man game that came out. Um, I love Spider-Man. Favorite superhero. Now, uh, the question for you is like I think yeah. I heard somebody say there was co-op. There's co-op. I think somebody mentioned that. Possibly, I don't know. I don't know. There's co-op. Let me see. I, I, I Things that we trailer. can Google later. Ah, will not have. Will not have confirmed. Will not, by have, not have co-op. Okay, because that was the rumor mill that yeah. was coming out yesterday during because, the. Uh, because it's always been a Peter and Miles. Because yeah, yeah, but this is this is the first this is the first one really where it's Peter and Miles both of them together where it's mm -hmm. they're both completely integrated. They're both one hundred percent who they are rather than. The Miles Morales story where he's learning and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. They're both full on Spider Man this time. Okay. Um, I, I, I really, 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 really fucking loved the first one. It was such an awesome playthrough. I didn't put it down uh, other than to sleep and go to work, which I hated both of those moments when I had to do it when I was playing through <laughs> that game. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited for this one as well. And I wanted, I, I, I need to get a PS5 because I haven't played through Miles Morales yet because I want to play play through it on PS5. But I but getting a PS5 is like you know I have to sacrifice a goat or something. <sighs> <laughs> Someone have a goat that I can sacrifice? No, but I can you just have to pay for... through the nose. No, goat? Hell no, dude! There's goats fucking down the street from me. Chris, you should have been goat. in on that UK uh, crime ring that was stealing all the PS5s. I should have one. been in on the crime ring. Yes, yes. <laughs> I do not, There's also we do not condone crime ringing. Okay, just put <laughs> that out there. I'll I'll throw some links in afterwards. But there's been a couple of really good videos on YouTube from some people that have been involved in games journalism and some other stuff like that uh, in the past that are mentioning that like, well, based on the numbers and it, it's it's and there's there's some fucky math going on. But you know, it's possible that there are quite a few PS5s just kind of currently gathering dust. Uh, because of scalpers. Why would and you tell me that? Why would you anger my soul like that? Uh, the, 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 the math is, of course, fucky because, you know, Sony does not release um, activated units. They only release purchased unit sales yeah. numbers. I, um, I, would, so I mean, it's 100% purchased for sure. Because yeah. they're all on StockX. Why would you <laughs> yeah, basically. Soul? Why would you anger me like that? I mean, this has been happening. Like, I know the, the, the PS5s outsold the PS4 and the PS3 at this point. Yeah, I know. It has not I mean, outsold the PS2, but for, it's close. It's close. It's fucking close. For those that are interested, anyone could just go buy one on StockX right now for $739. Yeah, totally want to pay a uh, premium on it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Like, I can go on eBay and get it for like an extra £200, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy consoles though, so it doesn't matter to me. I get upset because of console exclusivity, but I understand it. We it really happy. I mean, between this, I've, I've always been a PlayStation guy. I've never like I've I've always had a PlayStation. This is the first time that I've really struggled to get a fucking PlayStation. And I was an expert, so 
between this and video cards, we really have to figure out how to put consoles and video cards into the hands of gamers and not well, and into someone like, who's just trying to scalp us. Scalp us or farm bitcoins. Crypto, sorry, farm yeah. crypto. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, there was there was a huge surge of, um, and there is currently a surge of cards hitting the market, but they're two series cards and some of the higher end one series cards and some of the low end threes be from the nvidia side of things because china banned crypto mining so you're getting this that you've had this flood of cards hitting the market but they're all like two or three years old and they've all been running 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year mining crypto yeah, probably not good choices there. No, bad choice. No, bad, bad no. choice. All right. My but, um, um my second story here is yeah. the oh, okay. inaugural IGDA Global Games Industry Awards. Um, this is an awards event that happened recently by the International Game Development Association, the IGDA. And there were a number of events highlighting different categories. Similar, what I would say to like the Oscars, maybe not in scope or popularity, but you know, categories like animation, character design, environmental art, uh, cinematography, etc. The news coming out of this was that Hades picked up quite a few of these awards, including UI art, 2D animation, character design, um, voice acting, which I think just from watching Gav's gameplay was great in that game. That was uh, very good. Systems design, UX and UI. I mean, like in almost every single category, there's like Hades name written all over these. Um, and Gav, I think that you mentioned that didn't come as very much of, of a surprise from you. No, it was, it was brilliantly popular. Like when the game, when the game exited early access and went live, um, there was a huge spike in interest in it. And um, as, as always, thanking our buddy Sephiroth because he picked the game up for me because he thought I would enjoy it. And I did. I enjoyed the hell of it. I've got like 100 hours plus played of that game. Um, is a very good roguelite. And it does not surprise me that Supergiant got recognized for it because Supergiant does really consistently good work. The only thing that they've stumbled even slightly on was pyre and that's just pyre wasn't everybody's jam uh supergiant of course is the studio behind bastion transistor pyre um hades um and some other stuff that will be coming out soon so um wonderful studio they do fantastic fantastic games so not a surprise in the slightest that they picked up a lot of accolades just kind of looking through a few of the other winners, we've got Ghost of Tsushima, which won a few awards as well. I'm surprised to see Half-Life Alex in there for level design. I don't know if LB even finished that game or not. Um, but yeah, there's... I, I like that they do this. I like any time that we try to highlight, you know, good games because there's always too many games that come out and sometimes I need help trying to figure out what I might enjoy or what I might have missed. So I, I like lists like this. A listicle, if you will. 
Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's always interesting to see what how they want to flagellate themselves. But yeah. Well, you're, it's also giving recognition to like people spending a lot, a lot, a lot of time on this stuff too. I I don't like the self-flagellation comments because it's adulation. Sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant. It was adulation. Oh. <laughs> That's it's different. Self-flagellation. That was very different. Flagellation <laughs> is beating themselves up. Adulation is what I meant. Okay. All right. Uh, next is Chris, and I want to talk about this too. So go for it. Okay. Uh, Star Trek Day happened this week, uh, and we got a lot of fucking information about all of the Star Treks that are coming out. Um, the w- one that I really wanted to talk about a lot was Star Trek Picard Season 2. We got a full trailer. It got renewed for Season 3, which we already kind of knew, but it's now official. Ah! Chris. <laughs> Have you watched the trailer? Yes. You're burying the lead on how this was all announced. Well, it's Star Trek Day. Yeah, but Star yeah. Trek Day. <laughs> It's happened it every day for 52, 55 years, Kevin. This is the oh, second Star second Trek Day. Annual from the sec- second annual uh, through Paramount Plus. But Star Trek Day has been a thing longer than that. It's just been, yeah. What, what does Star Trek Day represent? Star Trek, if I remember correctly, Star Trek Day is where it was the first Was it year, first on so. TV? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Chris, you didn't say fucking Q is in this episode, in this season. Jesus Christ! Do not watch the trailers. No, I didn't watch. I was, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna very quickly say anyone who doesn't want any spoilers (laughs) for the season. But now that's already okay. Now now, I will tell you right now that's not a spoiler because they're advertising him in In the the promos and shit. So no, that's not a still, there are there are people that don't watch trailers just to watch them when they come out. Yeah, that, you're right. That's... Sorry. Sorry to done. I got excited. Sorry to done. Too late. <laughs> did you not watch the trailer? No. That's the first thing I did when I woke up the next morning was watch the Star Trek <laughs> Picard trailer. Um okay, so so if you don't watch trailers and shit like that and you're really fucking weird like that. Really spoilers weird. Spoilers ahead. I'll we spoilers. should I'll put something into the um I don't know, we'll figure out what to do. Um so spoilers. But the the season looks like it's gonna be uh, a time travel story. It looks very interesting. Um the I think somebody said twenty first or twenty second century. Twenty first century with an altered timeline. Yeah, it's weird. Q's up to his weird shit, but this time he's real fucking weird. Because let's because um, Cochrane was what twenty into the twenty mid twenty first century, mid twenty second century, wasn't it? Was he twenty second? Okay, mid twenty second or early twenty second. Um, okay. So, essentially. The premise of the of of the season will be that the crew will be sent back in time uh, by Q to an altered timeline. Essentially, where the Nazis won, where everything is very, you know, mirrored universe type stuff. 
Why do they had to do Nazi stuff? It's always Nazi stuff. Because let's be honest, if the, um, one, of the major, one of the major tipping points of our timeline is the World War II. Yeah. 2063. I was about to say it and Nelby did as well. Uh, 2061 and 2063. 2063 was first contact. 2061 was when they uh, finished the first warp drive. Wasn't it 22? Was it okay? Was it 21? It's 21st okay, century. Bad. So, yeah, some fucky shit's gonna happen. Yeah, that's gonna be. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, it's essentially everyone being they're they've been sent back to a mirror universe type world, but it's our timeline that it's been shifted. They have to fix the timeline. That's cool. It's I like real the premise. Weird. I was um, I the, was I the only one who hated season one? Yes. Yeah, okay. I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was an interesting. I, I think them going in and talking more about Doctor Soul and um, exploring data was and, and the androids was good. I liked it. So the interesting thing about the interesting thing about the trailer um, was that. With the timeline shift, Seven or Annika Hansen or however you want to call her, the character Jerry Ryan plays. Yes, didn't look assimilated at all. She looked like she never, she was never assimilated when she was seven. I think they, didn't they mention that she had had that stuff removed uh, when they got the technology to basically support her without her implants? No, no, no. no, no. The way, uh, the way, the uh, this, what we're seeing in the trailer is her after the timeline shift. Okay, I haven't, I haven't actually watched the trailer, so, Did, so I don't after, care that much. What we're seeing, what we're seeing from her in the trailer is after the timeline shift, and it looks like she was never assimilated when she was young. Did, didn't you mention a contract where she said, "I'm not sitting in a fucking makeup chair for four hours a day, putting that oh, shit on my face." <laughs> well, she hated doing Voyager. <laughs> She hated the stuff, which is why as time went on, they kind of made it a little bit easier to get on and off the makeup that she had. Mm. Yeah, and it's nowhere near as bad as it was back in Voyager. Plus, she's not in a skin-tight fucking spandex suit anymore. With a goddamn bustier and a fucking whalebone corset. Yeah, she's dressed like a normal human being now. Yeah. Um, And again... Normal according to our standards. Yes. Let's, Um, let's, Let's get that out. But they all. But we also get to see some glimpses of um, a certain queen that we all saw a lot of in Voyager and uh, First Contact movie as well. It's nice to see her back. Yep, played by the same actress, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> I yep. thought I thought the B was in the first season. The oh, the, the Borg, the, you can say Borg. It was it was just me being oh, okay. cryptic, but you can say Borg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Borg, the Borg will always be a thing when it comes to Picard. It's the, uh, I mean, it's going to be extra fucky with Q there because Q's the one who started this whole thing. Yes, if it wasn't for Q, the Federation would never have met the Borg. At least not when they did. They might have eventually, but not when they did. I'm so excited for Q. I'm sorry, Albie, but Q, come on. The the thing is, the Picard the first season... contact one, I believe, Albie. I think it's the first contact one. Uh, I think it's the first contract. First contact actress, yes. 
Um, the thing is, when it comes to the Borg and Picard, we're going to see it a lot because you've got two major characters that have major dealings with the Borg. You've got Seven of Nine and Picard, both of them heavily influenced by the Borg. We're going to see it a lot. What? I'm okay with it. What kind of major Borg are great? What kind of major Picard beats have they not hit yet? I feel like Borg and Q are like his biggest adversaries. Um, uh, see, here's the thing. I wouldn't even consider Q an adversary. Really? Okay. No, I don't think Q is an adversary. I think the majority of the time we, after the first uh, introduction of Q, the majority of the time you saw him afterwards, he wasn't, oh, I'm going to destroy you all. I don't think he's an adversary. I think he was more he's, of just a... He's an antagonist, not an adversary. Yeah. Okay. And then, obviously, the Voyager queue is fucking night and day compared to the uh, other to, to the next generation queue. Um, same actor, same character, just written very fucking differently. Um, this seems to be more of a first iteration queue than we see throughout the rest of the show. as the episodes. You know, bit of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, more like a bit aggressive like yeah. an aggressive aggressive boy but he really cares yeah at the end of the day it, it, like everything he does he's doing out of like boredom and affection yeah sure no I li- I'm looking forward to it I'm look- I- there- Picard has a lot of potential to just be amazing um, I think season one had had its build and it needed that you know there was a lot of there, there was problems with season it was one. A very I'm not going to say it was fucking perfect because it wasn't, but I enjoyed it. There's a lot of potential for it to get even better, and I'm looking forward to it because it's coming out February 2022. I'll I'll try to go through it a third time, but I couldn't get through it either the first two times. So weird. <laughs> um, I just probably had very different expectations from what we got with discovery, which I felt like every episode was a movie. And it just... I didn't like discovery. So see, wow. I, I heard something about discovery that was, I don't know if it's true. It might be, I think it's really bloody interesting if it is true. Um, the original pitch for discovery, as far as I'm aware, was to be like a star Trek based American horror story where it was all through the same ship, but it was different, the same actors, different characters every season, different major story arcs. That was supposed to be the pitch for it. And then it just kind of didn't happen, but then it was still written to be like that, but with the same ship and same cast and same crew. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard, and I would have been really interested in it, but I like what we ended up with. I yeah I mean I think the things that work about it is that it had a through storyline it had like major plot twists and mysteries um nope. and there was a ton uh, of by action the way, Real quick uh it is a third actress that will now be playing the board queen Is it another actress? I thought it was yes. the same one from the movie. Okay. No. It is a, it is a new actress. That's what, what do I you thought like as well. is the makeup department, Chris? <laughs> um, um I like I like I like I like all the Star Trek we've been getting. I've I've been I've Lord X has now started airing over here, so it's showing up on Amazon Prime for me to catch up with. 
fucking love Lower Decks, guys. It's so good. Yeah. Really? You don't like it? Yeah. It's Archer meets Star Trek. What could I, be Okay, my Archer meets Star Trek is the Orville. Yeah, I liked Orville too because it was a I, TNG I ripoff. The Orville. We're still I waiting the on season three. Like, there, like even the pacing in Orville was like almost like a TNG episode. And that, like, that's the thing is that this is it was clearly Seth Seth Farno is clearly a huge Star Trek fan. Oh my god! And yeah, he was writing this as if he got a chance to write Star Trek. They they fucking marketed it wrong. It was like they everyone thought it was going to be this like funny thing because it's ha, Seth, ha, funny. Seth ha, ha, there's some funny moments, but yeah, but it's like it is like a legit Star Trek. Like it is. It, it is it, it, it's Star Trek, but less serious. But it's still no, no less of a Star Trek than anything else. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the Orville. I, I agree with Loved Kevin it. that it was marketed completely wrong. I do think the Orville is such a, it's a beautiful homage to Star Trek. Exactly. Um, and it comes from a place of sheer love from Seth MacFarlane, and he does an absolutely amazing job with it. I, um, I got into this giant Twitter, well, not giant, but I got into this Twitter fight with this guy who was like a movie reviewer that I watch, and he, and he was like, it's too much like Next Generation, I don't like it. And I'm like, if your favorite band, if, if, someone, if someone went to you and they're like, hey, you know your favorite band? This guy sounds exactly like him or sounds a lot like him. You would be like, awesome, I'm going to listen to that. But like, if it's a movie, no. It's if it's too much like it, then it's just ripping it off. And I'm like, I I'm I love. I felt like I got more TNG. That's what there happened. There are times where I can understand that logic, where oh, it is literally just a, a night and day complete rip off. That mm-hmm. it is just this. Eh. This was a love letter. Orville yeah, is a love letter. Was. There's a difference between a rip rip off and a love letter, and that's what the Orville is. It is a love letter to Star Trek from someone who absolutely adores the franchise. Yeah. Uh, also, it looks like season three will be early 2022. Awesome. I'm looking so forward probably to probably Q1, Q2 2022. So something you look forward to. 11 episodes of that next year. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, um, the... do we do we want to talk about Discovery while we're on Star Trek at the moment? May as well, well. I, I want to like... pull back and talk about Star Trek Day for a moment. <laughs> sure. Okay, we'll talk, let's do Star Trek Day and then we'll talk about Discovery. Yeah. Okay. So Star Trek Day, they did it live in L.A., which is ballsy of them. Like they were socially distancing and masks and stuff. And because la- last year they had to do it completely via uh, online Zoom remote access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was like they did a red carpet event. They actually interviewed like cast members and stuff. I love and, the Sulu interview. The Sulu interview was, was adorable. It was. It was. But um, yeah, it was like yeah. hosted by Will Wheaton is- and Micah Burton. Yeah, Mika Burton. Burton. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is. She is a. Lavar Burton's. Saint. I love her daughter. They had a live orchestra that did the the theme songs, which was fucking awesome. So good. <laughs> <laughs> did you go back and like see all the theme songs, Chris? No, I tried to go back and watch it, but it's not available in the UK. Uh, we'll oh, stream it for you if we need to, buddy. Thank oh you, yeah, buddy, for sure. I want to watch it. I really want to watch it for sure. <laughs> Because um, I tried to, because I was watching it live, but then you know, four in the morning. And we typically <laughs> do not condone piracy, but fuck you, because Chris should be able to watch this. All right, yeah. this, is, it is, this isn't piracy. Well, can Chris get this Paramount is... Plus? No. 
No, no, you can't. It's not actually available in Europe, I believe. Yeah, oh, everything that's on Paramount break. Plus ends up on uh, either Netflix UK or Amazon Prime UK. Paramount, so, like, get, get on that shit. I get Discovery on Netflix, but I get Picard and Lord X on Amazon Prime. Yeah, which <laughs> makes me very sad because yeah. I would enjoy not having to pay another subscription fee to watch Picard when the next season comes well, out. Well, the thing that they did, I don't know if they announced this previously, but maybe I just realized it, but you can get Paramount Plus and get all the Star Treks now, yep. which is all like fucking Treks amazing. Available. Yep. Every single yes. one of them is now available on also, Paramount Plus. All the, the Star US. Trek games are available on GOG now. I yep. saw that too. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm going to buy Bridge Commander because that was my favorite fucking game as a child. <laughs> I, nice. I played the shit out of that game. So anyway, the, the production value was really good. They actually made it a really awesome event. Things, other, other things that Chris doesn't have on here briefly. Um, Strange New Worlds. That's going to yes. be the new one with some of the actors from discovery have broken off to like a new show. Um, so you, if the, the actors who were played, um, uh, captain Pike who played Spock and who played number one and, uh, discovery will be returning in strange new world. We also got some information oh. on some of the, Oh, go on. Question on that. Is uh-huh. that primary timeline or Kelvin timeline? Prime. Everything that's happening in discovery, everything that's happening in, uh, new worlds is all prime timeline. And okay, so we're getting the the prequel series they've been talking about for the last forty years. Yes, Probably. this is this is this is the oh. this is this is the original pilot prequel series rather than the, the that happened all before Kirk. And it, that is absolutely true because you know who they announced in Strange New World, uh-huh. Ahura. Ahura. <laughs> <laughs> It's so uh, awesome. so this is the third this is the third recast for a horror though. So Zoe obviously Zoe's Zoe uh, Saldana. Saldana did an absolutely fucking phenomenal job as a horror in the Kelvin Timeline movies. As much as I don't like those movies, she was fantastic. Thought she was great. So we had um, Michelle Nichols and then we got Zoe Saldana, and now we're getting a third Uhura. Yep, let me get the details up. Strange and the other Uhura. thing that I don't know how you guys feel about this, but they're going to do episodic episodes instead of like a through storyline. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, that's how the original was. It was Monster of the yeah. Week. Yeah, Monster of the Week is fine. Um, um, so the kinda actress, like, eh. the actress who, the third actress to play Ahura will be uh, Celia Rose Gooding. Uh, she is a familiar. She is a uh, broad. She is a uh, critically acclaimed Broadway actress. Um, nice. From let me see if I can. She was. She's received multiple. Uh, she's received a Tony Award for uh, her best. Uh, she she received a Tony Award for best actress in a featured role in a musical, where she was in uh, Jagged Little Pill. Uh, she's also been, uh, yeah, that's what she, that's what she's been in. She's been in Jagged Little Pill. She played Mary Frances Haley uh, from. Let's see, she was in 2018 through 2020. So she's been. Yeah, there it's for a long original time. musical by Diablo Cody, mm-hmm. based on Alanis Morissette's album Jagged Little Pill. She. Uh, She's won a Gram. She's best musical theater album. The the 
the musical received Best Musical Theatre Album in 2021 Grammy Awards. She, yeah, so she's yeah. I'm excited. I think she's gonna I think she's gonna do a good job for it. I really yeah. do. And let me say, like, Pike is I don't I'm not familiar with the actor who plays Pike. Aston Mount. Um Aston Mount. But yes. dude dude stole that season that he was in Discovery. Fucking stole that whole he, season. He was absolutely amazing. And I want to see a lot more of him. But it just like I don't know if it was his character or the writing or his acting, but just like he came in there and like like you respected him. Yeah. You know, and the and like the cast respected him and he was like like, dude, this guy knows what he's doing and you gotta stay out of his way. Like he's it was just a great character. I'm glad that they got a spinoff with him and Rebecca Romain Stamos is going to be in it too. Yep, she plays number one. Uh, and so, so there are the guy um, Ethan Peck for Spock. Ethan Peck first. Um, there are there is one other legacy character that is returning. Nurse Christine Chapel, who we played by Jess Bush, will be returning. Um, there was there's there were some funny things about that because they actually wanted um Rebecca Romain. Well, there, there was there was a joke that uh, we got Romaine to play um, Christine Chapel because obviously the original actress who played uh, number one in the original pilot came back to the original to season one as Christine Chapel because number one wasn't a character at that point. There was gonna there, there were people were joking if they bring back Christine Chapel, get her to do both parts. It'll be funny. But obviously, there's going to be enough for this character to do that they've fully cast a character, a person to play her. Um, but those are the two legacy characters that are coming back. Nice. Um, there's also going to be uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but one of the crew members will be uh, an Andorian who is legally blind. And will be played by a actor who is also legally blind. I can't remember the gentleman's name. And I'm trying to. So wait, it. if he's legally blind, is that Federation? Or what is the legal entity dubbing him legally blind? Well, there's a... is the Andorians. <laughs> you can you can be you can be blind and you can be legally blind, and it's just like a a very. But it's still like a small impact on your vision. You can still see, but it's not c- clear. There, there's multiple definitions of legally blind. It's, it's medical and it's weird and it's all over the place. But it's Chris, yeah. Well, it was a bad joke. I know it was a bad joke, but there's a lot of people that don't actually know that. That's the thing. You can be legally blind and still have some vision. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true. There. There's another character that's coming at uh, act, uh, played by Christina Chong, uh, Lana Nunian Sung. Oh dear, that's not going. Oh to go yeah, well. that's gonna be fun. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know n- the name Nunian Sung, y'all should be familiar with that if you have Nunian any idea. But yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> Is that's going to be taking place during the time frame around? It's going to mm-hmm. be post eugenics war of. Well, actually, wait. Is it going to be post eugenics war? Uh, seven years before. Oh, 
Oh my! Seven years before Kirk took seven years before uh, seven years before Kirk took the Enterprise. Okay, so this is just now devolving into like us digging through shit and finding out what's going on <laughs> in Star Trek. The thing, the thing is, this series is going to be so fucking interesting because mm -hmm. of things like this. So yeah. I'm okay to dig because it's so interesting. It's going to be so weird. Okay, so it's going to be well after the. Okay, so in the Star Trek universe, the eugenics war happened a long time ago. Yeah. Any, ah! Anyway, um, it's going to force Bruce, me to... The 90s, yeah. Bruce Horrock is the gentleman who's playing the uh, Legally Blind Andorian. The character will be called Hammer. Hammer. I, I need to go back and actually watch the original Star Trek series because that is the one series I never watched. Uh, we'll also be getting someone who's going to be, by the looks of it, the pilot, uh, played by uh, Melissa Navia. Is that how you pronounced that? Melissa Navia? Mm. I don't uh, know. She'll, she'll be playing uh, Ensign, uh, I believe it's Ensign, uh, uh, Erica Ortega. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're we're getting way into the weeds on this. Um we are. The the we other are, sorry, we've not we've not actually had a trailer for the for the things. All we've had is the cast announcements from Star Trek Day. But did you notice the new uniforms? No. I got new uniforms, they're very pretty. <laughs> um really briefly, they announced a new series called Prodigy, which is going to have who in it, Chris? Who? <clears throat> The lovely Kate Mulgrew, uh, oh, Catherine, Captain Catherine Janeway of the Federation Starship Voyager. Yep. Very excited because who's on my wall, Kevin? Janeway. Who's on my wall? <laughs> Captain Captain Janeway. Still shit, still shit talk Voyager. Still shit talk Voyager. She is number two right behind Cisco for me, so. I love anyway, that, that looks cool. So what, what was the other main... One that you wanted to talk about, Chris. Um, very quickly, just so people know what Prodigy actually is. Prodigy is a Star Trek that is targeted for kids, you know, to bring them into the Stargate franchise, teach them Stargate Star franchise. Trek. Star Trek. Did I say Stargate? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> I want I still a new haven't Stargate. heard shit about new Stargate. I know. I know. I really want a new Stargate. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Uh, Star Trek Prodigy is to uh, bring kids into the Star, Star Trek franchise, teach them all the things and, you know, be good people, inclusive and all that jazz. Um, but they're, it's not just specifically targeted for kids. They're not talking down to these kids. It's going to be a Star Trek show, but, you know, a bit more kids. <laughs> and animated and fun looking. And animated and fun. And... It reminds me of, like, Clone Wars. It does, a little bit, actually, yeah. It's got it's that not gonna be, it's, similar art style. It's not going to be like iCarly, but Star, Star Trek. It's going to be an actual Star Trek show. Yeah. Just a little toned down for, for kids. I like that. So that less that it's... Eugenics war. Less eugenics war, more... Let's explore, let's explore the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's and not like Paw Patrol. Along the way. It's not it's like not Paw, Paw Patrol in space. It's not iCarly. It's not anything like that. It's, it's Star Trek toned down, more exploring less genocide <laughs> learning about the peaceful portions of the, the the galactic federation this massive uh bureaucratic entity that slowly chokes the life and individuality oh, no, out of separate uh universes oh, oh no from the trailers there's phaser fights with the ship 
There's like full on phaser fights in this trailer. <laughs> nice. Um, Chris, there was an announcement on Discoveries for season. There was an announcement. So Discoveries Chris, real quick. Are they going to talk about the homogenic, uh, hegemonic influence of the Federation and how it saps the individuality and the culture from separate uh, entities, races? I mean, no, because they're children. The, Feder the Federation is just the Borg, but, you know, less, less, you know, less honest. Less honest. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, yes, so Star Trek Discovery. Got it. Sorry. Release date. <laughs> uh, the season premiere will drop on Paramount Plus the 19th of no the 18th of November. Which so means awesome. in the UK it will air on Netflix and the 19th of November. We always get a day after you guys for Discovery. Yep, which means that they will be doing the normal Paramount Plus thing and trying to keep you subscribed as long as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it works. <laughs> I'm sorry, it it's, works. It works, it works. <laughs> um, so, like previous seasons, I imagine we'll get the first few episodes, we'll get the, and then we'll do the season break, we'll then get Picard for the first few episodes, they'll get, then they'll do their season break, then we'll get Discovery again. It'll finish off, and then we'll get Picard again, because Picard is launching in February. I mean, if this forces them to put out new Star Trek on a regular basis to keep me subscribed, then take my fucking money. Because my fucking money. I'm going to do it. I, I, I cut cable out of my bills because I, needed to, I wanted to save money. Fuck this goddamn Fine. subscription economy. You subscribe for a month after it's all out, and then binge them. And then that's cancel. Have to, that's what you're going to do. But guess yeah. what? Yeah. You will not be in any of our discussions about it. I don't care. Chris and I will be talking about it when it happens. Ask me if I care. <laughs> I, you I, all know me. You all know me. It's not the destination. No, you it's don't the care. journey. It's the journey. You don't care. Um, the thing is, this is a, for fans of Star Trek. For This is a great time because we are there's always new star trek for us and it's fantastic i i feel i i feel like they're finally treating star trek like it is a cinematic universe like star wars has been for years they're treating it with the fucking respect it goddamn deserves yep and like to uh, me it's the more grown-up like star wars well, no that's the problem is right now we're in a renaissance for both star wars and star trek and potentially Stargate, hopefully. And fingers crossed, Stargate. Yeah, <laughs> potentially we're Stargate. We're in a Renaissance period for Stargate, for Star Wars and Star Trek, because you're getting these really complex stories that Star Trek has struggled to tell yeah. in the past. I, they've for, been for mostly of, episodic. I mean, yes, for all a lot of, of it has been episodic. But the thing yeah. is, for all of Discovery's failings, they have the episodic stuff within the overarching story. And that's, some, that's something that Star Trek has struggled to do for a very long time. Discovery yeah. had its mark, and we had the overarching story, but there was still, this is the issue for the week. We need to deal with this too. And yeah. with Star Wars, we're starting to get expanded universe content that is not just a movie once a decade. Yeah. And we're getting good stories too. Like Mandalorian. Both seasons of Mandalorian. Would you Fantastic. would you watch like a Star Trek Janeway? Oh yeah. Would you watch like a Star Trek uh, Archer? 
Probably not. Probably not. That's because that's when things started to dip down. But that's when that's when the respect started to dip down a little bit, you know? <laughs> well, the thing but is, it... I thought that Enterprise was really good. I loved Enterprise because it did kind of because it was re sort of telling the original it, it, it wasn't telling the original series but it was telling it was, you a good story set in a period before all the bells and whistles and i like well, that my problem with enterprise is that they tried to do the overarching story thing they tried to do the seasonal overarc they got they yeah, got hosed right. by paramount <laughs> no no i thought they did a fantastic job but they got hosed by paramount and they didn't get a chance to keep telling the story because I think that given another season, they could have told a really good story, especially with all the mirror universe shit that was going on. Empress Hoshi. Yeah, but Empress you have to okay, you have to I'm build a compelling story and hook people in. That. Yeah, you, you've got to hook people in. I will say I would have loved to have seen Empress Hoshi. That would have been really interesting. I, and that, that's, that's one of the things they talked about was that Hoshi was the empress in the mirror universe. Mm -hmm. I thought that they were telling a really good story and... Uh, well, it's like Discovery and Giorgio is Empress Giorgio in the mirror universe. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's cribbing a storyline from Enterprise, basically, and forwarding it up. Um, but I thought that there was a lot of really good stuff and I thought that they had... Uh, <laughs> I thought they had a lot of really good story beats they could have continued on. I thought they were hitting a lot of really good stories and they could have done a lot more with it. But yeah, that's, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. That's fair. I I like the overarching stuff. I, that's why I like Discovery so much because they went whole hog on the um, overarching story and it worked. Did you probably I, like Enterprise? I I I think I think. That the I think Discovery has an actual really good mix of the overarching story, but there's still this problem we have to deal with while we're mm. doing it. I think there's a good mix, and I think that's where personally that's where I think Enterprise failed. But again, you know there was problems. I mean, with I've... Paramount and I, I, and Voyager never ever had the overarching. Well, Voyager had an overarching story. Get eventually, old. yeah. I mean, yes, it had. Voyager's overarching story from from day one. I mean, one that's was, more yeah, of a theme. That was a theme. That was a that super was a broad. Yeah. It was a super and, broad theme. But yeah, it, uh, we we I think we've sat and rambled about Star Trek. No, <laughs> I I, yeah, I like yeah, when sorry. I like when the the monster of the week is in is linked into the overarching story. You know, when it's like a side when it feels like a side quest, that's when I tune out. You know what they you know who did Monster of the Week, but overarching story as a as a main thing really fucking well. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Yep. I will. I will fight people in. What real was life. the overarching story Even of with, Deep Space Nine? It was the. It was the war. It was. It was the the Federation realizing that it wasn't able to save everybody at all times. The war with the Gamma Quadrant did. Yeah, this this was the war with the changelings and the war with the Jim Hadar and the war with uh, whatever the fuck uh, Wei Yun's people were called. Yeah. But overall, it's just mm. against the changelings. But it, it was it was and the Cardassians. It, it was the the core story was the Dominion War and the war between Bajor and the Cardassians. And the and the and the Maquis as well. And the Maquis <laughs> had a major the Maquis had a major part. Yeah. 
LB has just become like the little microphone in your ear, like feeding you stuff. Like, oh yeah, yeah the Dominion. Did, I, I, oh yeah. Dimi- well, for cold, what it was cold. I did too. I did as well. So yes, it was the Dominion War. But the Dominion War was the latter half of it, and the first half of it was like almost wholly composed of like episodic stuff, but it was also relating to the the Bajoran Cardassian conflict. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna have to give LB executive producer credit on this episode now. Thanks. LB always has executive <laughs> producer credit. Story. Fuck you. Go to the next story then. <laughs> um, I mean, my stories fail in comparison to Star Trek. Like that was just, Star Trek. <laughs> I can't just go talk about a fucking mouse now. God damn it. That's your I mean, own fucking fault for telling Chris to go next, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> We should have like ended on that because yeah, there was a that was your own fault. You were the you were the you were the one that said just go sideways on the stories. Okay, all right. I will try to follow it up with Marvel Midnight Suns because I feel like you'll have some thoughts about this trailer that was released. Um, Marvel Midnight Suns. They did a gameplay kind of walkthrough and trailer and announcement about this. They made a big deal. Basically, it's an XCOM XCOM game, right? You have uh, turn-based combat, but the thing that they're adding into this that's new is um, a card system. So you'll be dealt a hand of cards that will have abilities on them, and then you can use those abilities, and you can build up a heroic move, and you can wipe out multiple people with like these massive heroic moves. Um, LB has already been shitting on this. LB is a longtime XCOM player and i don't think i would understand what xcom is unless he didn't tell me about it but um yeah the a lot of the card based stuff has been big for um like games in general uh and i think i think it's becoming a crutch when it comes to randomized gameplay it's like oh well if it's randomized gameplay like let's forget dice and let's do playing cards like everything just seems to be a play, a playing card now, which I think well, and because that's is what the criticism is. It, it, it's, it's an obfuscation of the system is the thing is, is that they're attempting to create a pseudo random chance for something and cards and having a card system built into it is a easy way to create pseudo random to, to make it to 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 demonstrate how a pseudo random system works. It is a, yeah, it is a visual representation of a randomized system that is better than click a button and then it either says hit or miss. I think that's, I think that's what, that's the thing. Actually, no, because so. Are we talking about Boulder's Gate? No, No, we're talking uh, about uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, the gameplay. The card system gives you some, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Agency. A card system gives you an illusion of agency, or a, or in some cases, actually does give you agency over a semi, over a semi-randomized system, because the deck is randomized, but mm-hmm. you have control over what goes into the deck. Got so it. it's it's them attempting to create some some amount of user agency and interactivity with what could just be a completely random system. It could be a Baldur's Gate situation where it's just like you roll a dice and if you get above a certain number, um, 
if you roll a dice, you, you get above a certain number, you hit. You get below a certain number, you don't hit. That's that's completely behind the scenes, like random chance. A mm-hmm. deck gives you a gives the user some connection to the random chance. Uh, and LB does point out, and this is absolutely correct because this is exactly what he said. His problem is with shoehorning in cards rather than having it be a natural progression path of the of the system. Yeah. You like, know what's really popular uh, today? Cards. Let's let's get the cards in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, card based card based squad game is uh, it's important. That's a big thing. Let's, let's make a card based squad game based on roll the dice. Uh, I mean, Digimon. I, I like that they are picking some different characters in the MCU and it's not like Thor and Iron Man, you know, like they've got Blade in here. Like they pick some weirdos, which yeah, I think is pretty awesome. You also need to remember Blade is actually getting an MCU movie coming out. Yeah. That, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, wow. What's his name? Uh, it's not Mustafa Shakir. Uh, no, I can't remember. Who played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage? Oh, what was his name? He was so good as Cottonmouth, by the way. He was so fucking good. We, we've reached our limit at Googling during the show. <laughs> So, uh, we'll, there is no limit. We'll figure it out later. Uh, Marshall oh. uh, uh, Ali. Yes. Oh, that's nice. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he was good in House of Cards, too, by the way. And, uh, he, and the reason I mentioned Mustafa Shakir is because he's playing Jet Black in the Cowboy Bebop live action. <laughs> anywho, um, this game looks interesting. I'll watch LB play it. Let's say that. I'll that's, watch LB play and then I'll decide. That's where this falls on my you know, my watch list. All right. Unnatural ending here to this story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, what's going on with Forspoken? Because I know we, we've, been, we've been talking about a bunch of shit. Let's let's talk about some game stuff real quick. Yeah, let's talk about some video game stuff. <laughs> yeah, because another my, my, my one's the next TV. My one's TV. Your next one's fucking TV too. So Here, here's another I'm one sorry, that's I'm not really coming. I'm really excited out for TV. Okay. Unf- unfortunately, a lot of the games that I'm talking about today aren't out yet. I tried to talk about Icarus because you could theoretically play it this weekend if you wanted to spend twenty six dollars. But um, Forspoken is a game coming out from Square Enix. It is going to be like an action RPG ish type of thing. The voice acting in the trailer is amazing. The story looks good. Um, this girl gets sucked into this alternate reality and you get to use magic and shit. Um, the graphics look great. It kind of looks like an Assassin's Creed style game. Um, you can like grappling hook onto buildings and the movement looks really fun. Uh, I'm, I'm just a fan of these. I, I don't know what the what, what is the genre like the Legend of Zelda style. Well, okay, sorry, no, sorry. Third um, person action? Action RPG. That's an action RPG, yeah. Okay. Is what that um, would be called. Yeah, I just, I really like the style. I mean, I wish that it was like this, but massively multiplayer or something. Like, the fact that so it's a single Diablo. player. Mm, I mean. No, you've just described the Borderlands. No, the, it's more kind of like Warframe-ish with the movement style because you can like, run well, and jump and swing and change the genre kevin right but what is appealing to me about this is how pretty it is the movements the movement abilities like being able to jump around and 
go around on like building tops and whatnot and then like the the combat looks fun like using abilities and shooting things kind of like a wizard so i don't know i think this one's going to be a good game and square enix it's got square enix behind it so okay Uh, i'm gonna put my money on that one um really quickly there was a preview of sifu that's coming out which is a kung fu style beat-em-up game um it looks super fun and cool uh ign put a decent article together and a decent video together with gameplay footage that i will link to in the show notes the things that i think are interesting about this are like when you're fighting people you can use the environment so this guy like lured a guy back to a table and like hit him and then knocked his head against the table which I was like, I don't think that would normally happen in a regular fighting game. Or like you get thrown into a wall and then it like the wall breaks and then you, the guy like picked up a piece from the wall and it was able to hit him with it. So it's like using the environment and it looks like the Kung Fu is, it looks like not like just, you know, medium punch, light punch. It actually looks like the combat flows and you know, you're doing specific moves so and it's stuff got like contextual attacking. Yeah. And it has like a, combat. and it, it like is counting how many times you block. And if you block too many times and you can't block anymore and you could like break other people's blocking from hitting them a certain amount of times. And it just looks more complex than just like repeating to press the a button to punch someone in the face. So, um, I, I like the, complexity aspects of it it looks good like visually it looks really good i can't i like the art style i'm not sure i like Mm -hmm. the art style you don't i'm not sure it it, it might be one of those kind of a shell shaded kind of might be one of those situations where it kind of grows as time goes on but it's just like i'm not like that sort of simplified not quite low res sort of look it's like above it's like above shells cell shading and like below realism it's somewhere in the middle kind of cartoony yeah but um yeah if you get a chance watch the video and they kind of explain some of how the fighting is more than just a typical fighting game so uh, definitely check it out and oh i put in for spoken twice uh, the only other thing that I want to talk about, and then I'm kind of done with things that I found this week. I ended up having to get a new gaming mouse because mine died. And well, actually, like the single click was double clicking, which was super fucking annoying. Um, I ended up going with kind of the revision to the, the gaming mouse that I had previously, which is a UK company called Endgame Gear. Um, they put out a really lightweight mouse, which is like as like as soon as i went to a lightweight mouse i never went back to a normal mouse um i think a lot of people think that it's hype because it was started by final mouse and they started making lighter and lighter mice and i think people are like well why do i need a light mouse and it's just like i it's difficult to explain but once you once you get used to one it is very difficult to go back to a normal mouse after this and I know people will love to say like, oh, I love my, you know, weighty mouse. I, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm playing what you're playing. It, it depends right. on what you're playing. If I'm playing a first person yeah. shooter, 
I don't want a mouse that weighs 150 grams. You know, I, I don't know. That's that's just me, but um, I've been using it so far. I don't necessarily like the coding on the Dark Forest version, but um, it is it's a solid mouse, and it's using KLGM switches, which are kind of becoming the industry standard for like the switch that you want in a mouse now. Um, and like people are getting way into this more than I ever realized because I've been like watching a ton of videos, but like people are like swapping like their actual switches on mice now, which is like desoldering and resoldering in a new switch. I'm like, that's a little bit too far for me, but, um, I think this is a really solid mouse and the, the company is good. I don't know why both of the, I had these like one on my work computer, one on my um, home computer, and both of them died around the same time, which was around a year after I had them. So Ooh. I don't necessarily like that. Um, there may be some long-term build quality issues with like how it's put together, and it's a fairly relatively new company. Um, but it is consistently considered like one of the top mice, and I really enjoyed mine, and I like the kind of um kind of the ergonomic shape to it it's kind of has like a asymmetrical shape to it but um i don't know i want to get more people into mice because i think they're missing out honestly just like you know keyboards like ever since i got into keyboards i love the switches that i use now and it's like it makes such a difference and it's a joy to type on anywho that's that's my story Okay. I know All you right. guys don't care about that, so we can move on. I'm just I'm not that big into hardware. Like the hardware stuff is not doesn't. I'm not that big into like what I touch every day for hours it's and hours and hours. I have I have a G400S from Logitech that I have used for probably 5 years. And it works. That's all that matters. I also have a G400S because he suggested it when my when my mouse broke after like five years. So yep. But the, I mean, the I think the thing that is different about mice today is that Final Mouse did change the game when they created lightweight mice, and every other company has copied them, and they are now making lightweight mice, including Logitech, which it is going in that direction. And this is to me, this is the future. This is the this is where the innovation is happening. I like weight on my mouse. That's just me, though. I mean, have you tried one that's light? Yes, it feels like I'm going to fucking throw it. <laughs> um, I would like to understand what that means, because I think there feels like the fucking thing is just going to fucking hit escape velocity when I'm moving it. I mean... I would like to know what how heavy the lightweight mouse that you were typing is because typically under 90 grams was not really a thing before and now it's like you know now 70 grams is is uh heavy and they're making 48 gram mice now. Kevin, I used to use weights in my mice. I don't I don't understand that. <laughs> precision. It was a precision thing. Okay. Yeah, the way that people are dealing with that now is with mouse pads and they're using cloth mouse pads and they're using what they call control mouse pads, which has higher stopping distance or it has like higher friction 
so that you can be more precise with it um, without having to have a mouse I that's want 150 mouse go grams. move on pad and hit things when I point at them. I would, I would love to get you guys like a lightweight mouse and for you to try it like with a modern, what I would consider like a modern setup for a mouse and cube or like a mouse and mouse pad and see what you think of it. Cause it's, I know that I know a lot of gamers who have your opinion, including Volonic who just came out of lurk mode so that he could say that. Um, and like, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to me how people are like, I've been doing this for 10 years and there's, companies who spend like every day trying to innovate on this stuff and how much are these things kevin um mine was actually pretty cheap it was 60 bucks um 60 bucks yeah for something that i use probably more than my work computer mouse yeah i mean i i don't look at it as a huge expense for something that i'm spending so much time on if i was only using a mouse an hour a day, I would probably have a much different opinion on it. But anywho, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next thing you're going to tell me is that I need to listen to EDM also and switch keycaps. I mean, switch my keycaps. I'll show you my keycaps another day. <laughs> oh, speaking of keycaps, Kev, Kevin, do you have any more escape keycaps? It's not a horde logo. Oh, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk oh, about that offline. Okay. Oh All my right. god. We can move on. Chris. Can I, can I talk about my thing now? You had one last thing you wanted to talk about, and then we're gonna call it a fucking day, I think. Hey, okay. Um so y'all are aware at this point. I'm a Power Rangers nerd. I love <laughs> Power Rangers. Yeah. Well, um, in the current season, Power Rangers Dino Fury, um, the Green Ranger played by the awesome Tessa Rio, uh, character's name is Eze Garcia, has just been confirmed and has came out as a, a member of the LGBT community. Is this in the show or in real life? In the show. In the show. Okay. In the show. Um, people who are aware of uh, the first iteration of Power Rangers Mighty Morphin, you'll probably be aware of David Yost, who played uh, Billy in the show uh billy not a gay character david gay, gay man this is the first time in the show where one of the power rangers has been openly like openly gay so this is awesome this is more inclusion that um, reminds me she, of star trek discovery too shout outs if, if i remember right as well she is actually also the first female green ranger if i remember right as well so yeah, why she's did done a, she's done a lot of firsts? Why did girls have to be like yellow rangers or pink rangers? Okay, so this goes back to a lot of shit that fucking Haim Saban did. Let's let yeah, let's talk about why the yellow ranger and Mighty Morphin was yeah, was a female. Haim Saban is the man who brought Super Sentai to the Western world as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay, mm -hmm. all right, sold it to Fox for a fucking god awful amount of money bought it back from fox for a very small amount of money um but so the original super sentai that he brought over which was super sentai i don't remember which one it was um how how big was this in japan before it came over pretty here pretty big 
pretty big. Pretty big. big. Yeah. Okay. It, it wasn't like massive, 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 but Super Sentai was a very long running series from the early 80s, 70s. Okay. Um, it had been going on for a very long time. Um, the original cast in Japan was black, red, yellow, blue, pink. Black, red, yellow, black, red, yellow, and blue were all played by men. Pink was yes. played by a woman. Yep. Haim Saban decided that he wanted more balance to it so he could sell more toys to girls. So okay. he made the Yellow Ranger, who was a man in Japan, into a girl, into a woman in the U.S. Uh, played by Thuy Trin? Thuy Win, Something like that? I can't, God, I can't remember her name. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so in the Western version of Power Rangers, there were two girls and three guys because boys were the, boys were the target audience, right. but he also wanted to hedge his bets. Yeah. Like who cares about inclusion and let's just like have it be based Do we on try? money. <laughs> Do we try? Do we... Thank you. Thank you, Elby. Um, do we do, do we want to mention what? Uh, no. Of course, then he also color coded. If you can't uh, spit it out, then no. He also color coded the Asian, the Asian, the the person playing the Asian person playing the Yellow Ranger as yellow, and the black person playing the Black Ranger as black. Yep, I, I wanted to mention it, but I didn't want to mention it. But yeah, that's how it worked. The Black Ranger Which, was black, beige, the Yellow Ranger was Asian. But then, then they did swap that up around when they once did. the uh, second, once the second set of Rangers appeared. Yeah, uh, once, the once the original three left the show because of pay issues, they brought got, in three new actors. You got Johnny Young Bosch <laughs> as the Black Ranger. Who was the guy that killed someone in real life? Uh, he was the uh, wasn't Jungle Fury the was... original Green Ranger. No, no. he's still around. Uh, no, no. That's he's, uh... he's still around. It was it was Mighty Morphin, Dio Turbo Space, Lost Galaxy, Light Speed. The Time fact Force. that he's rattling these off in his head is scary. Chris uh, likes Power Rangers. It was the Wild Force Ranger, Red Wild Force Ranger. Wow. Ricardo. I know a lot of Power Rangers. How does he just have this shit and said Ricardo? We mentioned it. This is the LV, am I right? Is, was it the Red Wild Force Ranger? Oh my god, I if know, he's right on this. Right. I know right. I'm right. I wanted it. I want his confirmation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, Haim Saban brought Super Sentai to the Western world. Uh, and yeah, he made he made the Yellow Ranger, who conspicuously does not wear a skirt in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and had 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 that character played by a woman in the U.S. Uh, in the Western uh, adaptation. Um. Yep. Yeah. Uh, th th there's actually so with this character with Eze, when she gets her Ranger suit, um, it has a skirt on it, and Right away, nah, fuck that, rips it off, and then it looks like the, the Super Sentai version. So mm. they, they've made callbacks to stuff like that. They, they, the, the Super Sentai, it's, well, the thing is, uh, and we could talk about Power Rangers for hours probably, because I'm not that invested in it, but I'm invested in 
the weirdness of an old live action Japanese show being ported to the U.S. and then spliced with footage of U.S. of American actors. Interesting, which... interesting little known fact about the original Mighty Morphin. The original Mighty Morphin from season two onwards didn't have a Super Sentai equivalent because they had used everything. They actually, when you, when you see the White Ranger from Mighty Morphin, he's actually a ranger from a completely different Super Sentai show. Yep. Most of the villains and most of the, most of the villains and all the new Zords, the Ninja Zords, the Samurai Zords from the Super Sentai stuff they, uh, from Mighty Morphin, they're from a completely different Super Sentai show. Uh, and it's not until and it's not until they got big enough in the West, which they did within the first couple of first three or four seasons, that they were able to go, "Hey, Japan, can you record us some new shit?" And then Japan would be like, "Fine, we'll record your new shit." And eventually, they just sent the fucking suits to the U.S. and then allowed them to their own stuff. They were and eventually got to the point that we're going to make new specific stuff for Mighty Morphin and continue Mighty Morphin. But then they were like. Let's not do that. Let's make Zeo and let's use this Super Sentai series and just change the suits and still be able to do it. But we, we'll get the suits over from Japan and we'll be able to use the suits and do some stuff here as well. And we'll mix and match the footage. And that's how we got Power Rangers Zeo, bitches. And also, oh. fun, funny enough, they consider like Japan has a bit of a. Japan actually likes Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes, 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 they do. Yes, yes, they do. Uh, so they considered the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers a whole other series separate from the Super Sentai series that they were plucked from. Mm-hmm. So, Even though there's like uh, most of the same footage. It's, it's uh, the exact same footage in a lot of the cases. But the thing is, what they've done is that they've also uh, in, in later seasons, they've done. I remember someone, I think Chris may have mentioned this or maybe Big Carrie, but they had a they had the fucking no, it was something else I was watching. They had a sort of compilation one where all Rangers from all across time got together or they got that, they were able to change into different suits. From that different that is. That is the legacy ranger mode, and that is from uh, Super Samurai. No, not yeah. Super Samurai. It's um, Megaforce, Super mode. Megaforce. And they were, and so they actually consider Mighty Morphin a distinct entity outside of Super Sentai, and they changed the Mighty Morphin suits at one point. Yep, uh, they have done multiple times where the Megaforce and then eventually Super Megaforce went to Turbo, Zeo, Mighty Morphin, Wild Force, Space. They've been through all of them, but it's the thing just, is, the super the super sentai the super sentai version of that of those two seasons did that. That was what they did. That was that that, that the whole legacy ranger mode thing was super sentai, and it was brought over to power rangers. So like that was that was completely part of it. There's also only one power ranger season that has actually followed the super sentai storyline to near exact. And it was the worst, the one that is considered the worst Power Rangers season. Lost Galaxy? <laughs> no, Lost Galaxy is not even fucking close, man. Uh, I believe, and LB can correct me because I know he's probably looking this up, I believe it was the Ninja, not, not Ninja Storm, the Samurai one? Power Rangers Samurai? And it was panned because no one liked no one liked the way that they were doing it in, in, in the Power Rangers version. The super the super the 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 the, the, the super right, sentai right, version right. was loved but not that one. Alright, alright, alright. We're done here folks. We've we've <laughs> talked enough at this point. I didn't know there was more than one series. 
Oh no, good God! Oh, no, Kevin, I can I can here. list off every Power Ranger series if you want. Please don't. <laughs> let's not. Please. <laughs> let's not. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and end the show, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> LB has been quoted as saying, "I ain't looking no more Power Ranger shit up." So good <laughs> on you, LB. Good man. Um, that's gonna be the end of the show for this week. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what we're gonna do at the end of the show going forward. Um, we're doing final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Right. No, don't yeah. do that. Or don't do that. Chris, final thoughts. Um, y'all should watch more Power Rangers. Heaven, final thoughts. No, genuinely, genu- I'm yeah. really, really fucking excited for um, Spider-Man 2. I this is a special it. for the people who are watching the Twitch. Yeah! Azeroth. Azeroth nope. Coast to Coast. Nope. The t-shirt. Nope. Let me Kevin, guys know. Wrong, wrong Kevin, name. Wrong Kevin, name. Kevin, Sorry. Kevin. Yeah, the, uh, the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe, the T-shirt. I'll the edit that out. Very expensive no, T-shirt. The very expensive. This is a proof of concept T-shirt. Uh, if you guys it does look real fucking good. If you guys want T-shirts and shit, we will figure out how to do that. No, um, no. we can print it on a hat. We can print it on a coffee mug. Uh, we can on a dildo. The new logo is nice, and it costs us money. So if you appreciate it. You can buy merch that we will not see money for, but exactly. it looks cool if you <laughs> enjoy the show. Yeah, we're not going to make a fucking cent on it, but it looks cool. If you guys like, we can uh, do that because we have the logo and we have the rights now. So this is our logo. We own this logo. We are the Azeroth Coast to Coast Expanded Universe. Oh, damn it, Kevin. You still said Azeroth Coast to Coast. You did. The Coast to Coast Expanded Universe. There it is. <laughs> I wasn't even going to correct him. I was no, just going to let him go with it. I was going to. I'll edit that out. No, I won't. Intro. I got no, corrected in my intro last week. So, yeah. Well, no, that was. We had to like redo it, like for real, because you fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, you fucked it up too, Kevin. So, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I did. Um, oh, but no yeah, one, no show, one listens gonna... this far into the show anyway. Yeah, so, Neb, if you've awesome. made it this far, I'll give you $20. All right. She won't even listen. She won't, she won't take your money. So, I'm just... Uh, final, <laughs> final thought. My final thought is, is that we forgot to mention that Neth is out this week. She's doing stuff with, uh, with the spawn. So oh, shit. We actually did, didn't we? Yeah, we forgot to mention that. So, yeah. We Neth, are the uh, worst friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's a big giant AFK thing on our Instagram In or on In our Twitch. Twitch. I don't know what it is. On Twitch, it says AFK. So, like, if you're watching live, you've known that she's been gone the entire time. That's our show for this week, folks. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast EU. Kevin is at Swingcat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Mag. I am at Gavril underscore ET. Neth is at Nethwitch. Send us emails at feedback at tctceu.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us live on Saturdays. We record and stream the show here on twitch.tv slash ctceu. For links to today's show, you can visit or our Discord. Uh, for links to today's show, you can visit it the website or the... Di- for links to today's show, what have you to the link to our Discord. Visit our website at www.tctceu.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is that you get your podcasts. Say fucking bad grammar, boys. You're wrong. <laughs> I did not write that. Do you I did not write that. 
<laughs> I did not write that goddamn travesty cut, of Cut the fucking head. show. Cut, cut the, the show. Cut the fucking show. Cut the show. <laughs> cut the fucking bye. <laughs>